This is a surprise new episode. You didn't know was coming. You go to Boys Talk Movies. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to try to do a Cloverfield Paradox thing where this episode just came out of nowhere. You didn't expect it was coming, but that's how all our episodes are. They all come out of nowhere. (laughs) This is a double secret review. You didn't see this coming. Maybe it'll be about Cloverfield Paradox. Maybe it won't. We'll have to see. There might be a twist ending. And yes, that is what we are going to talk about on this episode. I'm Steven. And I'm Dakota. And on this episode, we will be reviewing the Cloverfield Paradox. Uh, so this was the movie that was on my, if you remember Dakota, my looking forward to this year movies. And I had told you it was going to be called the God particle and that they kept saying it was going to come out in February and then it was going to come out in April and then they didn't know when. And then all of a sudden there was some, about a week before the Super Bowl, there was some scuttlebutt going around that Netflix was buying God particle and that it could be a Netflix release. Fast forward to the Super Bowl, which was what, February 4th? Yeah. They do a commercial for it. Not shocking. They did the same thing for 10 Cloverfield Lane, where you didn't know 10 Cloverfield Lane was even a thing, and then they had a Super Bowl commercial. But with Cloverfield Paradox, they did this crazy space thriller commercial and then said, coming soon, or coming very soon, Netflix. And we're like, whoa, it is a Netflix movie? Cut a little few more minutes into the Super Bowl (laughs) to another commercial break. And it said, now streaming. And you're like, wait, what? What the crap just happened? There's a new, uh, we knew it would be a new Cloverfield movie, but it's on Netflix now? And kind of an interesting marketing technique. Because, uh, you know, this new world we have with how movies are done, with Amazon doing movies, Hulu doing movies, Netflix doing movies. Um, this was when Netflix didn't do but got the rights to and then just kind of tried this marketing technique with it. Now, Dakota, do you land in the ballpark that says, or land in the group that says they knew this movie was probably going to be terrible, so that's why they just allowed Netflix to buy it oh. and, just, and, just, and just throw it out there? Oh, wow. You're really putting me on the spot here. <laughs> but yes, yes, I do. You do? Okay. See, I I have a tendency, and maybe this is just me being slightly idealistic, I have a tendency to think they thought that this was going to be like the PSL resistance, and by doing this, it would like blow everybody's minds by saying like, boom, you didn't know this was happening, boom, here it is, and kind of be like this phenomenon thing. Like the original Cloverfield was a little bit of a phenomenon. Yeah. I have a tendency to think that more than that they thought it was just like, just just throw it. Just throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, I think that was their only real option to get any money back from I, making this movie. Right. And the reason I have a tendency to think my idealistic way is that Netflix supposedly bought this movie for $50 million. And that doesn't include, I mean, that's not making the movie. That's $50 million just to buy the movie. Yeah. And so that's why I have a tendency to think that there was a little more idealism going on. You know, I always wondered how Netflix works. You know, they a make a lot of people do. Yeah, they make brand new content, and they they claim that this content is going to make money for them down the road. But how? I I don't know. I don't quite get it either. They don't. I I don't know if it's a thing where uh, I guess. You know, we're not savvy in the board meetings is seeing, like, maybe they have subscribers that will just drop out for months at a time, 
And by putting on new content or things that they think will reach a certain demographic that they don't have as much, it'll cause people to resubscribe. Hmm. I I don't know because all of their money's coming from subscriptions, right? <laughs> yeah, they don't. And I guess like disc rental people, some people still do that, which I'm sure that still does happen. I don't know because I mean, you know, they're starting to get like awards and stuff. Does the awards attention help them gain subscribers too? I don't know. It feels like everybody already subscribes to them. I think it's. <laughs> I think they try to make. Um, content so they could win awards to just add a little bit of prestige. Yeah, because, well, it gives them a cr- credibility. Yeah, because for the longest time, everyone was like, "Oh man, all this, all this, you know, original Netflix stuff is garbage." This Wizards of Oz show, what is this crap? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, well, and that's the thing is like uh, Amazon's in the same boat too, where they're having these movies that are getting Academy Award nominations and wins. And so now Amazon is getting credibility. You had Manchester by the Sea last year. You had The Big Sick this year getting a, a screenplay nomination. You know, in these movies that are Amazon movies that are getting, like, getting into the big shows. Yeah, it's crazy. And so, yeah, it, it's just, all of this is just changing, and everybody's trying to figure out. I just feel like this was another attempt of Netflix to just throw something and see if it sticks. Because... They with their original content, they've been doing this now streaming binge it all however you want. But they've also with a few shows tried. We'll release one show, one episode a week, and they've tried that model too with a few shows. Yeah. And I feel like they're just throwing things out there and seeing what sticks. And maybe different things will stick for whatever demographic that show is for. Because hmm. maybe some people are like, I like that it's all there, but it's too tempting. Why can't they release it weekly? You know, <laughs> you know, there's probably people like that. I don't know. So, well, that's enough Netflix inner workings here. Let's get into the Cloverfield Paradox. Now, Cloverfield as a whole, we, we reviewed 10 Cloverfield Lane. Specific, there's a specific episode we reviewed it. You could go listen to it if you so wish to. And I believe we both really liked it. Yes, because, we did. Am I right? I know I did, and I think, yeah, okay. I can't remember what we graded it, but the grades were fairly well. I feel like I gave it like like an A or something. Or yeah, I think you gave minus. it A minus, and I went like, I think B. Yeah, yeah, maybe I gave A minus. Yeah, that seems about right. And so we both really enjoyed that. Um, but I know you do have qualms with the ending of it. Yeah. Like you liked the movie as a whole, but maybe the last 10 minutes was unnecessary. Or yeah, was yeah, pretty much. Which would be the Cloverfield part that you had some issues with. Uh, I am also a, a big fan of the first one. I I like it for what it is. I think it's one of the, the best uh, found footage movies. And it's just kind of just a clever movie. And I thought it was just... I'm kind of a sucker for monster movies, I'm going to admit it. And I thought it was fun to do a movie that was just kind of like, hey, America, this is your Godzilla, <laughs> you know, type thing, and just kind of giving us our own kaiju Godzilla type thing and having fun with it um, in that way and just doing a very intense, um, isolated narrative in that way. And then, of course, Ten Cloverfield Lane was isolation in a different way where it was filmed in a traditional way, but it was isolation in that it was basically all in a bunker. Um, And then this movie was isolation in the sense that it was all on a space station for the most part. Yeah. So this movie, 
if you haven't watched it, the the setup is kind of the world. The Earth is basically in an energy crisis, and this international crew is up in space to test a new new form of sustainable power but it's apparently so dangerous that they want to do the tests of it in space that's basically what's going on yeah it's, the testing of it's so dangerous they don't want to do it on earth it said that uh the power of this thing is going to be more what do they say 10 or 100 times more powerful than any hydrogen collider they ever set off on Earth. Yeah, it's just like an extremely powerful machine. Um, and so you you have this very international crew. You have German, you got a uh, uh, Chinese, you have some Americans, you have uh, whatever Chris O'Dowd is, a Scotsman or Irish or something, and uh, just oh, and then. Uh, the commander's British, and so so just everyone's kind of, it's kind of an international crew here of some of the major players in the the world, and uh, hijinks ensue is basically where where it kind of goes with this movie. In that uh, you're kind of led to believe that through mostly this news report <laughs> that there's certain people that are worried about this test and that it could cause a rift in time and space causing interdimensional monsters slash demons to make their way into our world and cause the hijinks, the said hijinks. (laughs) And so that's kind of your setup. So basically what that moment is telling you is that that's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. Uh, why else would they spend time talking about that except that that's exactly what's going to happen? And so I, this isn't really giving anything away just because the way Netflix marketed this was that this was going to answer the question of where the Cloverfield monsters came from. That being said, Dakota, do you feel like it did? In a really, <laughs> really kind of lazy like haphazard way, yes, it did. Yeah, I I feel like it did enough to make it work. Yeah, it's now that aside. Do you feel like this was a good movie? No. Okay. No, I do not. <laughs> That's what's interesting about this movie is that, uh, I think what kept a lot of people watching was that it had Cloverfield in the title. Yeah, you know <laughs> something. I mean, I was just. I was a little apprehensive going into it, sure, just because I saw the trailer and it looked, it looked like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, well, that's as what in, it was. <laughs> as in the TV show or oh, the, 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 channel the channel sci-fi, sci-fi. like S Y F Y, as in Sharknado <laughs> sci- sci-fi, as in Boa versus Python. Yeah. Oh, okay, I got you, got you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, a little bit, like like better special effects one. Yeah, but just the tone, uh, the look of the space station, some of the special effects, it just screamed, okay, did sci-fi just put their all into a movie, <laughs> and this is, this is it? Like, I, I really was a little uh, not disappointed, but I was a little jarred at 
at how um, low the production values of this. And this had some good actors in it, too. And I was just expecting, I don't know, uh, something good to come out of it. That's why uh day after the uh, Super Bowl, I'm like, all right, hey, let's give this a shot. And basically the moment Donald Log showed up, I was like, oh, boy, we're in, we're in for a rough road ahead. <laughs> because he kind of just spouts a bunch of jargon. He and... basically gives you the plot of the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, eh, man, this is, I feel like this is going to be a rough one. Well, it is interesting in that uh, uh, things happen and it ends, and I feel like, I feel like things were answered, but you are left to fill in the blanks as you like. It's almost like a a choose your own adventure version of what the answers <laughs> were, like because there's each thing that they quote unquote answer, you could answer five different ways. Yeah, the problem with that is I feel like maybe more Cloverfield movies should have came out before this one. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I am too in that. Uh, I don't I I get what they're doing and I think that it it does answer technically what it needs to answer for what they're trying to do. Uh but I feel like yeah, like maybe we weren't needing or ready for this answer yet. Yeah. And uh and that's why I am willing to I thought this movie was okay and I'm willing to honestly give it a pass depending on how the next one is. The next one that's still supposedly supposed to come out this year. Yeah, that's... And be a World War II D-Day movie. <laughs> you know, this movie kind of just makes me wish that they slow down a little bit. Maybe take their time. Perfect a few things. Because the la- this, the, this one, the Cloverfield Paradox, came out so quick. I mean, we had just found I had just found out that they were shooting and then literally weeks well, later I'm finding out from you that they're the movie's done. It's sitting in a can somewhere and I'm like, "Wow, that's that's like light speed work." Well, in a way I I I don't know if it was. I think that they're just so secretive with these, you don't know exactly when or when or what they're doing with them. And so it makes it kind of like, you don't necessarily exactly know when it's being done. What's interesting about Cloverfield Paradox is that, did you know that the director is Nigerian? It was a Nigerian guy that directed it? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, his name is Julius Ona, and he's apparently a 35-year-old Nigerian guy. Or at least he was born in Nigeria, I should say. And uh, and then he also, uh, or sorry, no. Some, the Blah. Let me start over. And apparently the writer is a guy who had worked on uh, 22 Jump Street and another Netflix show called Shimmer Lake were kind of his two main credits. Hmm. And then the other screen, like the other guy who worked on the story uh, was Doug Jung, who had done uh, Star Trek Beyond. Was kind of huh. something he had done more recently. And so, I, you know, I I would be curious, like... 
when J.J. like was J.J. Abrams always producing this and didn't always have it be a Cloverfield movie? Like, because Doug Jung, you know, when did J.J. Abrams did J.J. Abrams bring that guy in to work on this, or did Doug Doug Jung say, "I'm working on this movie you might find interesting"? When they were kind of producing <laughs> Beyond, it'd be kind of interesting to know when that yeah. kind of came to came together. Just in terms of if this was always meant to be a Cloverfield movie or not. Oh, that's a tough one. Because that's what everybody. That's what was kind of coming out with Ten Cloverfield Lane is that it originally wasn't a Cloverfield movie, and they made it into one. Yeah. And so everybody's wondering, is that what they're doing with all these? Like they're finding these movies that are interesting and then making them Cloverfield movies. <laughs> I don't know. It may be in some cases they are, in some cases they aren't, too. You know, especially once you start getting three movies in, are they starting to are people starting to go, Well, I'm just gonna write a Cloverfield version, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like you're not worrying about like shoehorning anymore either. So I don't know. It's this is this this Netflix model is an interesting experiment. This Cloverfield model is an interesting experiment, and I feel like this was one that didn't quite work out. Yeah, it's really hard to tell like where something went wrong in the execution of making this movie. Because the movie looks good. Yeah. Like it's it looks great. There's a few you know, genuinely kind of exciting moments in it. There's a lot of just kind of like weird moments in it too. Yeah. And then uh, it just, you know, it just, I don't know. It's just interesting. And thankfully it's not terribly long. It's like an hour and 42 minutes. So it's not like this was like a two and a half hour movie, you know, or something. And so I think that kind of is a saving grace of it too, in that you're not like, oh my gosh, this goes forever. Because it seems pretty brisk. I felt that way when I was watching it. Like it just kind of like boom, 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 and then it's over. For me, this movie would not end fast enough. <laughs> uh, I'm a little more forgiving toward it than you are, though. Yeah, it was just so... I don't know. The other thing that I found interesting about this, which is maybe why it ended up landing at Netflix, too, and not in theaters, was that this movie was... Well, because it was on Netflix, it was TVMA, but would have been R if it were in theaters. Hmm. You know, and the other ones weren't R. Too, because this one had some creepy moments. Yeah, that is true. Uh, there was some very surreal slash horrifying moments in this. Yeah, like uh, Event Horizon level surreal horror. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Um, I don't know. It's just my thing with this movie is. It just seemed a little cliche in a way. It was cliche in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's just each character was basically they were you know like, oh, this is the guy who's going to do this, and that's the guy who's going to do this. The guy whose arm disappears into the wall, that was the only thing that threw me for a loop. Like, whoa, <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, that was interesting. I liked how the one person was found in the wall. I thought that was kind of clever. Yeah. But right from the, right from the get go, you knew you knew that she was not going to turn out to be a good person. <laughs> well, it depends on your viewpoint. <laughs> well, from my point of view, the Last Jedi was a horrible movie. Well, right. 
I'm kidding. It's just all it's all objective or subjective or one of those. That, that was two star our two Star Wars things kind of mixed together. <laughs> oh man! So, uh, yeah, it, and then uh, so yeah, this this just kind of attempts to be this isolated sci-fi thriller that explains how this Cloverfield universe is going to work, but you end up getting a very generic sci-fi thriller with the Cloverfield explanation put into it. <laughs> yeah. and But at the same time, I do, I, I am kind of interested, once I realized that this, who who directed this, so he was kind of like, hadn't really done anything big yet, where I, I hope this doesn't hurt his career, because I think like, yeah, okay, this was generic, but I feel like it was filmed very well. I would just be interested to see what maybe he could do next, you know, with something different. Yeah, like a good script. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, like well, that's a yeah, right. Like a story that has a little bit more to it, and things like that. Um, I think and character depth. <laughs> yeah, I think the problem maybe is really we didn't kind of care about any of these people, right? Because the other the other movies, that's what kind of what you ended up doing. That's I mean, that's what mattered at yeah. the end. At the end of the day, the first Cloverfield movie, what mattered was the last thing they said to each other that they they told each other they loved each other because the whole movie had been their relationship falling apart, and it was always like you cared about the characters. Yeah, and in the second one, it was a character study, you know, with a weird event going on. Yeah, whereas this one, yeah, it was like. It was an event with sh- no depth in character. <laughs> like, I I honestly feel like maybe because this movie was borderline just slocky, that Danny Glover should have probably popped up and just been, like, the crazy guy on the space shuttle. Well, Danny Glover can still be classy, though. Let's give <laughs> yeah. him that. Sam Jackson. All right, there you go. <laughs> Sam he- Jackson will be in anything. <laughs> He could, he could have threw the F word out there for further validating the validating the MA rating. We could have like the ship is kind of attacking them or something, I guess. Yeah. So you could have him say like some big F bomb monologue and then have the ship just like yank him into the wall and suck him into space or something. I don't know. <laughs> or he gets back to Earth and then the first thing he sees is a monster and it eats him. Yeah. So as far as when these this dimensional rift ensues and you have like you find out there's like basically an infinite number of we'll just kind of we're just gonna go spoilers whatever <laughs> there's like an infinite number of worlds and monsters in these worlds and how and the time and space of when they interact in these worlds are we to believe that why like Chris O'Dowd's arm goes into the wall and things like that is that it's attempting to correct things that are happening like I, by by killing them I honestly don't know that was part that um, I was like trying to figure out is like why did the wall just like all of a sudden just blech his arm into it you know and I've heard this is from other people, by the way. Um, since there's no, re- since we have no regard for spoilers at this point, 
Um, I don't know if there's a point. I mean, they ba- <laughs> in the like I said in the ad campaign, they're basically saying what this movie's for. You find out like the space station is is completely on the other side of where it was. Then that raises the question: Well, how did they get back to Earth's orbit? But I'm I'm ignoring that one. Um, the space shuttle is actually transported into another uh, universe. Very much, they, they collide with another universe. Yeah. Is another universe is space station, but the collision doesn't necessarily cause like a smashing. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, and um. I'll just throw this out there. I'm not going to say which character it is. I got to leave you guys some things. Uh, a character at the very end uh, basically just turns in the villain of the movie, and it happens on a dime. Like I didn't see it coming at all, but I should have because I was, saw I saw it coming. She was very evil and menacing looking. Yeah, I, I guess I felt like I saw it coming, but but uh, yeah, she shoots some people, and I've heard that. Um, the reasoning she is kind of the way she is is just the fact that uh, um, she's been warped as a person, and it was because of the fact that she, by that whole transitioning from her universe to hers, she's not necessarily the person she was, if that makes sense. And I was like, "Huh, wow, this movie is just generating all these this this well, movie," is- and that's what I'm saying. Like you. This movie answered things by not telling you what the answers are, which is lazy and also <laughs> maybe in a certain way villainously clever on their part because now they can do whatever the heck they want. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, yeah, well, we answered that in Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> you know, they can just kind of always fall back on because they didn't give a definitive it's like, well, yeah, remember Cloverfield Paradox? Yeah, they got carte blanche now. I mean. <laughs> uh, and so that's why I, I, I am willing, like I said, I'm just going to give this one a pass and see what they continue to do with it because it's still salvageable. It's just that this one wasn't quite anything because it was like an answer movie and nothing usually. There's hardly an answer movie that ever works well. Yeah, that's like, true. Whenever there's like one that's like the one that will answer all of your questions. It's always like the worst one. You like yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of one, but I I mean I know this has happened. I just can't think of a movie right offhand where it's like gonna answer where it's Well, I mean I guess X-Men, you could almost you could almost say the Matrix sequels. X Men Origins, <laughs> Wolverine. X Men Origins, Wolverine, terrible. But like the Matrix <laughs> s- sequels uh, like try to like answer more and fill in more of the whole and it's just like we didn't need it the first one was enough you know uh but i mean there's other examples of that i just i'm blanking out right now where it's just like they're just not usually the best yeah or if you look back at like you're right though it's kind of the origin movies where it's like like where did Hannibal Lecter come from? And it's like an origin of Hannibal Lecter or an origin of this person. And it's like, it doesn't matter half the time where they came from. You know, it's like, we understand their motivation. They're evil, you know, or something. Uh, it just, it's just whatever. Uh, so over, overall, what would you grade? Like, are you talking, are you even like a D? Oh, or, man. Are you going total, like, F? No, I wouldn't I wouldn't give it an F. I mean, it wasn't, 
there were, like I said, so many crazy theories thanks to this movie. The theories are almost more entertaining than the movie. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's why I ended up enjoying it in the end is that it was like, oh, you know, you're kind of thinking of all these different theories and scenarios. and But it after everything that's happened, I, I think I will give it a D. Okay. Just because it was just too cliche. <laughs> uh, you know, the presence of Donald Log in this movie couldn't save it. <laughs> and I find him very entertaining. Uh, yeah, but you don't like Gotham either, and he's in that. He's actually one of the best parts. Like, what are you talking about? I love it when he's on screen. He's like the perfect drunken detective. Are you like, a big fan of Grounded for Life? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Uh, that yeah. show ran for way more episodes than it should have. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, it's like an early 2000s sitcom that he was on that had a very strange f- way they filmed it. Is very strange, but yeah. So as far as migrating for Chlorophyll Paradox, I guess I'm more like the C C minus range, I guess. <laughs> where it was like it looked good, it had moments of clarity, but for the most part, it's pretty muddled. And uh, um, I haven't lost faith in the Chlorophyll whole anthology universe type stuff, but. Uh, this definitely does leave it on some uh, on some shaky ground here, so uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, so anyway, that's kind of our thoughts on the Cloverfield <laughs> paradox. Uh, what thoughts there could be on a movie that gave answers? <laughs> Can you put a question mark at the end of answers? So uh, yeah, just uh, just want to remind you too that um, you can always. Uh, like us and follow us on things like Facebook and Twitter. We're just the Dakota Boys Talk Movies in those places. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, any other place you listen to podcasts. Um, look us up on those and subscribe to us. Just kind of helps, uh, makes us feel good to know that you consider us important enough to subscribe to. And then I guess, yeah, if you want to re- review anything or thumbs up anything of ours, that would be great. Things you appreciate. Because not only does that just kind of help with, noticeability if that's a word but it also helps us to know the things you like or don't like so uh yeah so we hope you do those things too but yeah with that we'll just go ahead and wrap up this episode so this is steven and this is dakota see you later